Unless you've got skin in the game, boots on the ground, hands dirty, whatever you want to call it, it's impossible for you to truly understand how to do something unless you've actually been there and gone through it. I'm going to talk about how this is true in life and business and how we can recreate this for our learners. Hello, and thank you for being here. I'm Manya Horner, and this is your Greatest Work Podcast, the show for course creators who want to become the recognized expert in their field. You'll find this podcast helpful if you know that your course or program is good, but you want to figure out how to fine-tune it to be your greatest work. In every episode, I'm bringing you insider information and experiences from the best learning strategists, trainers, and designers in the world. With some tweaks and smart design and program delivery, you can have better completion rates, more referrals, and be proud of your business legacy. I hope you'll excuse me, but this podcast is going to be full of cliches. I'm just going to tell you that in advance. I guess that means what I'm going to talk about isn't something new because people have been talking about this sort of thing before. But I was struck by a thought this week that it's impossible to truly realize or understand something until you are in the middle of it or until you have skin in the game until you're able to take the risk on for yourself. This goes for life, goes for business, and I'm going to translate this into the learning world as well. Because a lot of times as learning designers and course creators, our job is to create opportunities for people to practice something, to feel like they get skin, they have that uh, skin in the game or they've got boots on the ground even before they get into the real scenario. And that is hard to create, but it's possible. So let's talk about that today. So in life, when you don't have boots on the ground, or if you haven't had a chance to get your hands dirty and actually do something, it's still theoretical. You know, picture anything really. Um, It's great in theory until you actually try it. And then you realize, oh, shit, that's actually a little harder than I thought. Or wow, I, I, you know, judged somebody before I actually tried this for myself. Um, Have you ever called 911 or whatever your emergency services number is in your country? If you've never called the police, ambulance, or fire, the situation of calling for those emergency services is still just a theoretical concept. You technically know what to do, right? You pick up the phone, you dial those three numbers, and you wait for them to arrive, and then hopefully they are able to take over from there. I've called 911 in the past before. I've called it for people over the years. Um, I've you know, come across car accidents, or I've one time spotted a fire, And I've witnessed a fight that was escalating and I called the police for that. So I have done that, but it's really different than when you're in it because of somebody you love. So a couple of weeks ago, if you've seen on my Instagram, my toddler fell. He face planted um, right onto the corner of a patio stone. And when I picked him up, he was bleeding really bad. He had this massive gash on his forehead And in a flash, you know, I questioned, okay, is this bad enough to call 911? Where's my phone anyways? um, Holy crap, is that his skull that I see? Like, how do I stop the bleeding? You kind of forget your first aid training. You forget how to call 911 or when it's important. Um, Because until you're in this, all of a sudden, all of a sudden you got this skin in the game. You have to react to a situation that you're really in. So theoretical just goes out the window. And then the paramedics, they can't arrive soon enough. It feels like forever that you're soothing your toddler and you're waiting for this big gash to stop bleeding so you can assess the damage to see, you know, is there his nose, his teeth, um, broken bones, like what's going on here? Thankfully, just, you know, it wasn't, it was just stitches required. There was no other um, damages or issues, but it's still super scary in the moment. 
And then there are these other decisions like, okay, do we sedate him? Obviously you do, but you know, you have to decide this. Nothing can prepare you for this. No first aid training really prepares you until you're in the middle of it and you're holding this, you know, person that you care about. Um, you know, it's really hard to be able to decide what you're going to do when it's theoretical. And I'm sorry to say it, but I've been put in more situations as a parent, even in this last year with this boy who is just wild, um, than I ever could have imagined having to participate in. So all of this is to say that even earlier this week, I was complaining with my mother um, that everyone should have some sort of training in maybe early childhood education or child psychology before they're even allowed to give birth. I've got three kids and I swear I've Googled more with this third child than I ever have. And I was complaining with my mom that it's hard to know how to manage behavior and establish the right discipline for all of the ages. We've got children ranging from 18 months to eight years old. And how am I supposed to know how to train my kids to be decent and respectful adults one day? But then I realized that really no amount of formal education and parenting could ever prepare you for the reality. You've got to have skin in the game. You need to be invested and you need to be tinkering and trying out different methods because there's all these other factors. There's personalities, there's circumstances and energy levels and a freaking pandemic. You know, there's all these things. You need to be right in the middle of the risk because you're not going to know how to react if it's hypothetical or theoretical. So that's life. I think it's pretty obvious for us to be able to understand that until you're going through something, you can't judge or you can't assume. So let's look at business. Okay. I was reflecting on different career paths. Um, My husband and I were driving because that's all there is to do here. There's no shopping or stores open at the moment. And don't get me wrong. Some people are better, I think, at being born for a brain with entrepreneurship. We were talking about what does that look like and how do you prepare for entrepreneurship? And for the most part, you know, you can learn a lot of stuff along the way. And if you grew up in a family where maybe you had a family run business, it's a little bit easier because you saw your parents go through this or you saw people near near to you or close by go through some of these situations. But I was remembering that in university, I had this one friend um, up here and I'm pretty sure if I wasn't doing all the assignments, this guy would not have done well in school. But, you know, he graduated, his dad paid for an MBA right out of school. He went on to be um, a university lecturer right after his MBA grad, went on to manage, you know, a team at this like major organization. I'm pretty sure just because he had an MBA, like it's, it's not like he actually had ever had experience marketing something, even though he was teaching a marketing class. He'd never had any experience running a business, but here he is managing this team So perhaps his MBA prepared him really well for that. But I still would stand by the fact that you need to be able to experience something and try and realize with actual risk behind you how hard it is to sell something or how hard it is to create a business before you can start telling other people how to create a business. You know, it's it's really hard until you've got real money, real risk, real skin in the game. So let's talk about the applications for learning now and us as learning professionals. It can be so easy for us as learning professionals to create theoretical learning. We get hired as instructional designers sometimes or learning experience designers, and we have a subject matter expert that gives us a ton of content. And we're supposed to take that, absorb it really fast, and then try to create some interesting learning experiences for people to be able to gain the skill or the mindset 
or the knowledge that's required for whatever the topic is, right? That's familiar. But until you either get beside a learner who's trying to do the job and see what's working well, see what they're trying to do that isn't working, you're not going to be able to create learning that's meaningful. You, you need to assume the risk of the learner. You need to feel that emotional and psychological and sometimes even physical risk. Or you need to sometimes try something yourself. Have you ever tried to create learning for something, but you've never tried doing it? Um, let's take sales training. Theoretical or role play is fine, but until you've actually had to do a sales call where your neck was on the line or when you desperately wanted that client, it's still theoretical or hypothetical. You need to get your skin in the game and assume the risk to actually know how things work, know how things feel and know how to navigate the mindset challenges and those physical and emotional challenges and the actual skills that are needed to get something done. So there's a couple ways that we can create this type of environment in our learning. One is getting to know the learner properly. When I'm asked to create learn that re that requires someone to get messy and actually do something hard, I want to observe those learners out in the wild. I want to watch a struggling banker have that awkward sales conversation using the model that they're supposed to use. I want to watch a really great salesperson having a successful conversation. I want to see the nuances. I want to watch, um, let's just think about a different style. So something more skills, more hard skills, like a tradesperson, if you're creating training there, I want to watch that tradesperson create something out of their own medium. So a carpenter, for example, I want to see what it looks like to practice the skill of their trade. Um, actually, I might even want to feel what it feels like. So I might want to get in that workshop, feel that piece of wood in my own hand, see how heavy it is, look at what the risks are with the machinery and see what it takes to turn it into a piece of furniture. That's how, if I get really deep into that learner and what they are, who they are, what their needs are and what they're going to experience and feel, then I can start to actually create a learning experience that has a lot more empathy behind it. Number two is how do we create an environment for successful practice while on the job? The more that we can get away from lecturing and get people trying, the better. There's no better way to push a learner to get their skin in the game than if you create a scenario or an environment where they have to test what they're learning. It's really good if you can get them to apply something that's real world. Adults love this, right? They love this in their work when it's relevant, feels real world. So be careful that you're not creating something with cheesy or outlandish scenarios. It's really important that it feels as close to real as possible. My sister, actually, she's um, a vet and she studied veterinary medicine in the last couple of years. And again, it's a lot of theoretical until you hold that scalpel to the mouse for your first live practice. You know, it's all theoretical until can you actually pick up that thing? Can you put it under anesthetic? Can you do that practice surgery or stitches? Uh, and I remember explicitly how she felt when she was finally putting that theory to practice and having to actually do the thing that she was being trained to do. And it can be scary. It can be really hard. And um, so the more that we can create these environments for people to successfully practice on the job, the better. And if we have the opportunity, we need to be able to bring that training to the job and create an experience where it's outside of the classroom, it's off the virtual and it's in the class and working with a mentor, I'm sorry, on the job, working with a mentor, working with a peer and actually trying stuff out. So I challenge you, push yourself as a creator and a designer to only preach what you've already practiced. This can be um, 
something that I've seen a lot with course creators is they're building something that, or they're selling a course that perhaps they haven't actually done themselves. And that's a problem. Don't do to others what you wouldn't already have done yourself. I think I made up that negative golden rule, but it works. I'm going to say it again. Don't do to others what you wouldn't already have done yourself. So you need to already have tried something, figured out your process, see what has worked and what hasn't worked before you can start to teach other people. Because to be honest, it's not fair and it will come across as fake and inauthentic. People can smell that BS a mile away. I'm going to leave you with a quote here by Simon Sinek. I saw this recently and he said, success is where your reality catches up with your imagination. If you can create a program where you and you can imagine exactly how somebody would be able to uh, experience that end result, it's successful program is where you can actually create a reality around um, that learning experience where it catches up with your imagination. That, this is my new definition of success. And I hope this podcast episode helped you to think things through. Try to get out of the theoretical and into the practical wherever possible. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave us a review or a rating wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Anything that we've mentioned today is available in the show notes, and we are really excited to be bringing you more content week after week.